together from Ephesians 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan at the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. I wonder what gives you great pleasure. And have you ever thought about what gives God great pleasure? Paul writes to the church, he writes to us and he tells us who we are, what we can be and how to become it. And this is an important word for us as a congregation, as mosaic. We're in a transition as a church, but it's also an important word for the church in our world. It communicates to us that nothing can destroy his body, his family. For centuries, the church has been persecuted, banished, challenged, but nothing can and will destroy God's church. Even before the world began, he dreamed about us. There's something he wants wants to do through us and achieve with us. And this, Paul says, gives God great pleasure. And to confirm this dream, he identifies us as his own. Other translations say he has marked us. He has sealed us as his own with the Holy Spirit. He marks us as his. Now in the old days, a king 
would put a seal on a document to declare that a document was genuine. But a seal was also used as a mark in the economic systems for ownership. If you wanted to go buy something, you took your ring and you would put your family's seal on it and you would claim whatever you are buying as yours by marking that, that possession with that seal. And sometimes you wouldn't have enough or you would, you would want to almost enter into a lay-by agreement and you would make a pledge. And along with the seal, you would give a guarantee that this is now my belongings. And that guarantee would be a piece of clothing that you would wear to go to bed. You would wear it underneath your clothes. It was very precious to you. Now, Paul says, this is the metaphor we need to live with when we realize that this is what God does. He says, you're already mine. I've bought you with a price. My seal, my mark is on you. And because we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit because we believe we can know. It doesn't matter what is going on around us or in our life. We belong to Him. We are His. He's with us. We are not alone. And He, He's coming for us. His imprint is on our hearts. Paul develops this metaphor. He says in Galatians 4 verse 6, he says, And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba. Father. Now, when I'm aware that I'm sealed with the Spirit, then I know I'm not an orphan in this universe. I'm a beloved child of God, and all my wounds of rejection are, can begin to heal because I know deep down I am His. When I'm aware that I'm sealed with the Spirit, I know there's a reason for my existence. I'm not a mistake. Whatever the circumstances of my birth, I'm not a mistake. I'm here for a reason and I'm here for a purpose. And when I'm aware that I'm sealed with the Spirit, I know that I belong to a family. I belong to God. Now the question might be, what am I doing in this family? What does this mean for us? How do we live into this pleasure that God has, that we are part of His dream, part of His church, His body? How do we live with His mark on us? Paul gives us three invitations. He says, hear the word. You have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. God's word must be heard when we come together as a church. Through these stories in scripture, we find our story in his story and we're able to form a new story. We create a new story through these stories we intend to. And Paul says, the whole of scripture was given by God. All scriptures are God breathed. And through this word, he teaches us he equips us. He encourages us. I mean, some of us are here listening today because we've experienced this. You are here to hear something of the word because something has happened to you when you started living with the word, hearing the word, when it came into your life. 
I've experienced it, it in, and it's, it's just wonderful. This week, we, a few colleagues, we were talking just about the power of the word. It really is a living word. When you start living with it and you go back to old scriptures that you've, I've, I've learned them since a young age. When I look at them now, they're alive. They have new meaning. God speaks a personal word to every one of us. It's a sweet and beautiful thing. When you taste it, it brings a desire and a longing for more. The old rabbis, when they took their their followers, the children, and taught them the Bible, they would give them honey. And they would say to the child, recite the scripture. And then they would give the honey and say, taste. This is what the word is. This is how the word is. And they try to make an association with the word of God through this association with honey, a delicacy, something sweet. I need it. I want it. It's lovely. But the word is not only sweet, it also gives life and nourishment. Jesus himself says a person will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And just as you and I need food to live physically, we also need his words to feed our soul and our spirit. And so when we come together, we need to hear the word, take it in, think it over. That's why we as a congregation, as Mosaic, live with the same scripture for a week. So that that word can be worked into our lives, feed our soul. We, it can grow in us. And the more I live with it, the more sweet it becomes, the more I want it, and the more I want to experience his word in my life. And then Paul says, share this word so that your faith can come into being. Jews and Gentiles come to salvation. They come to faith when the word was shared. Romans 10 says, so faith comes from hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. We don't just hear the word weekly in sermons when we come together. The word of God also comes to us through other people, through testimonies of who God is and what he has done. That is the pledge, the guarantee of the spirit that we experience when we come together and share. Paul writes to a young Timothy, he says, Timothy, there's a faith in you. It's the faith that was in your grandmother. It's the faith that was in your mother. It's the faith that is now in you. It was shared. The word and the power and the experience of the word was shared. And we're all here because we heard something about the word from someone else. Maybe you heard from your grandmother or a colleague. Or you grew up in church and many shared the word with you, but we all had someone who played a role in the beginning of our faith journey. The Emmaus disciples experienced this, this power when the word was shared, how their faith, their faith grew. The word was in them. They lived with the word of God and scriptures. And they know this word and they they meet Jesus who at first they mistake for a stranger. They share the word with him. And what happens? Jesus shares about the word and opens up the word in their conversation. And then their hearts start to burn. Their faith becomes fiery. Last week, I experienced something of this. A couple in our congregation went through... a, a tragic, a tragedy. 
their young son, three-year-old son, Vian, fell into the pool. And it didn't look good. So they put it on a WhatsApp group on one of the ministries that they volunteer at in our church. And the message comes to us and our team and we start praying and I phone and we speak to the family and they're devastated. They ask, can we just pray? Can we stand on the word? Can we have faith with them and trust in, with them in God's healing and the power of his hand over their son? Can we pray for the doctors working on Vian? Can we pray that God will provide in this situation because they don't know how they will be able to cope with all the bills. And miracle on miracle on miracle happened. Four days later, Vian was at home. He woke up, a miracle in itself. Vian doesn't have brain damage. Donations came from places, anonymous donors to help and support the family. And they share this story with so much joy, so much freedom, so much hope. Their faith has been strengthened. The mother says the two brothers are in awe. They now know God is real. And they say, all glory to God. And we say, all glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Something happened in our community that strengthened our faith when their testimony, when the word that they stood on was shared. And did you notice how many times Paul also repeats similar words in the passage to praise of his glory so that we can praise him? What's happening here? Paul invites us, respond to the word. How? Through worship. Through worship, worship is looking at something, seeing how beautiful, how good, how amazing, how strong it is. David said, magnify the Lord with me. These are funny words because how do we magnify God? He's already magnified. He's big. He's amazing. He's almighty and great. He cannot be greater or be made greater, but... He can be magnified here in our hearts. He can be magnified here in our minds, our thoughts. How does that happen when we're together? When we worship together, when I say, do you know what happened to me? This and this and this and this. And you know what? It was the Lord. It's only God. I know it was God who did this. And I hear your story. It sets me on fire. It sets us on fire. It helps us. And we do this, we are worshiping him. We are magnifying him together. And we need each other to do this. That's what Jesus did with the woman he found at the well in John 4. He says to her, worship God. Now we actually worship all the time. We value things all the time. We value a lot of things and a lot of people. Maybe there are two or three things that you value the most in your life. Jesus says, look at God. See how wonderful he is. See how beautiful he is. See how good he is. See how much power he has. Think about it. Say it. Confess it. That is worship. This is the invitation. We become less when we do this and he becomes more. 
that's what we are made for. That's why you are here. We are here to worship. And that's what happened to this woman at the well. She had a longing and a desire in her heart. She placed great value in people and relationships. And she thought that that would be what would fill this gap in her life. And then Jesus comes and he says, no, those who worship in truth, those who worship the one true God, those desires will be filled. The thirst will be quenched and her whole life changed. She's changed. She goes back. She tells others. She shares the word that she just received and they worship God. Worship is such an important practice to build into our way of life. To gather regularly with others so that we can talk, focus, think, reflect, listen, see what God is busy with in us, in others. And when we share that, something happens. I get less. My problems are getting less because he's getting bigger, stronger in my life. My experience of who he is expands. And I'm sure many of us have experienced this. You gather with others to worship and hear the word. You're tired, you're discouraged, but you leave strengthened, full of hope, full of faith. That's the power of worship. That's the power of us responding to the word in our life, the word that God gives us that comes to us. So this is our invitation. Come be part of his family. You are part of his family. You've been bought with a very, with a great price. It's been paid for. You've got his mark on you. We're here to hear his word. Share in this word so that our faith can grow, respond. And Jesus says, every time you come together, You come together as my children, as a faith community, as a family. Remember God's dream. Remember what I've done for you. Jesus is the crux of this plan of God bringing everything together, bringing us together, making things whole. He's busy with that right now. His spirit and his promise. Remember And Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. And he took the wine and he said, take, drink this. Remember, this is my blood shed for your sins, for your brokenness, for all pain, for all injustice. Take, eat, drink and do this in memory of me. And as a community of faith, an online community, online family, you part of this family, we're going to take communion together. Take your bread and your wine. And as you, as you drink and eat, remember, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We belong to Him. It's His body and it is His blood for you. Wanneer we heer zonder het gebeur, 
Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that in the beginning of time, you thought about us, you chose us, you dreamed about us. And thank you that as a community, as a family, we can experience your love in and through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word in our life. Thank you for scripture, the living word. 
Thank you for friends and family that share so that our faith might be strengthened and encouraged. Lord, help us to share about the work in our lives that you do, to share about the Holy Spirit's prompting, inviting, changing and transforming. Lord, I also want to pray with people who are in circumstances where they need to to experience your word. Every single person we know who feel that they can't share this story right now, it seems hopeless. Lord, we trust with them. May this be the beginning of a story, a testimony of your word, your goodness, your greatness and your strength. We worship you. Name above all names. You are our God. You are our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for your body, your sacrifice. Thank you that we've been bought with a great price. And that we are yours. We belong to you. And that nothing, nothing, nothing can change that or separate us from you or your love. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like someone to pray with you today, please contact us. You're part of the family. We'd love to pray with you and support where we can pastorally. Maybe you have a testimony, a word to share about God's work and provision in your life. Please share on social media, our pages, share it with us so that our faith as a community might be strengthened, encouraged, and we can worship God together. Receive the blessing. The love of God our Father the grace of Jesus Christ and the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit remain with you. Amen.